Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. Hey, hello everyone. We're back. Education Live Thursday. Education Live Thursday, the first edition of 2021. Can you believe it? We made it through 2020. That might have been a little bit of a, of a sort of shock. <laughs> I did take a few weeks off. I don't know if you missed me or not, Chris. Uh, I know our guest did. <laughs> Got a really important guest today. Let me just cover a couple really quick, uh, couple quick uh, sort of housekeeping things here. First of all, if you didn't know, we are here every week, Education Live, every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I try to bring in guests from all over to cover uh, – I have a big uh, spread of things that I feel will be relevant to parents, parents of children in the school age world. Today, we're going to be talking about finances. Finances, if you got a child and you think someday you're going to be sending them to college, which is many people, you're probably thinking, ah, how am I going to pay for that? It could be $400 million by the time my kid gets there. This is why I um, wanted to bring some financial experts aboard and get some good perspectives on this. Just a couple quick things. Uh, the Education Live Thursday, as always, sponsored by the Success Community. Here's a big update. I am rebranding Success Community a little bit. I did a lot of uh, marketing research. I think that would probably be the appropriate term there. I'm a marketing guy. but uh, And here's what it's going to be. It's going to be a STEM resource center, science and technology. Focusing on that, that seems to be the areas of greatest need, and I think an area I can really deliver on. And uh, secondly, I have started a program. If you or somebody you know wants to learn how to run videos like this or how to tutor, I'm helping a lot of people with that. It's pretty cool. But let us not delay anymore. Let's get to the reason why we are here tonight. And uh, I want to welcome all the people on already. Thank you. Thank you, audience. Let's uh, let's uh, listen, to that. listen to that crowd. Listen to this crowd. I'm cheering for my buddy, Chris Crail. Chris, Welcome. The crowd, they cannot restrain themselves. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's live in the studio here. It is incredible. So let me tell you a little bit about Chris. I've known Chris for some time. He's an impressive guy. He's looking super sharp here. He's making me look uh, like a street person. <laughs> um, I mean, he's a, he's a handsome guy, obviously. He's a financial coach. That's his job. That's his life's passion. Works with Primerica Financial. He's been in the industry eight years. Helps families learn more about how money works. And uh, he graduated from Temple U, TU, the Owls. TU. Go Owls, baby. <laughs> and um, backgrounds in sports and athletics. Used mm -hmm. knowledge to bring a simplified coaching approach to various financial topics. Meeting people at their level, something I know a lot about in education, very important. He enjoys helping people as well as finding ways to give back to the community. And we'll talk more about that. And he runs a nonprofit networking group that meets monthly. All right, so welcome, Chris Crail. How are you? I'm excellent, Steve. Thanks for having me. How is uh, 2021 been treating you so far? So far, so good. So okay. far, so good. So, How about you? I can't complain. It's seven days I've made it. Uh, it seems like the world's <laughs> kind of crumbling around us. We're not going to get into politics tonight, no. but uh, we are going to talk about something important, which is money, right? And I uh, love it, hate it. We need it. 
And if you're going to send your kids to college, you want to retire with some level of comfort, you better start thinking about it at some point, right? So uh, where do we want to start this? Let, let's, uh, why don't you just talk about kind of just your whole philosophy, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, everybody knows you got to have some money, right? You, you, know, you can't right. send a kid to college because colleges are creeping up on a quarter, quarter million dollars. It's a, it's a lot of money. Yeah. And, um, you know, it is what it is. But planning. I got to think that's you're going to use that word at least once or twice tonight, right? So I'm going to give you the floor here. Tell us, um, you know, where you're coming from, what's your philosophy, um, and how you think you can help people. Sure, sure. Thanks, Steve. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess to start, I mean, you know, as you mentioned, I went to school for for sports, sports management, and, and I didn't learn anything about money. You know, the traditional education system, unfortunately, just doesn't teach us much about money uh, and the importance of savings and, and you know, the, the detriment uh, effect of, of debt long term and things like that. Uh, and so when I got involved doing this, I, I more than anything wanted to just share this information with people as far as, you know, the importance of, of starting young uh, to save money, the importance of, you know, having a plan to get out of debt, the importance of, of you know, having a budget, knowing where your money's going every month uh, so that you can put yourself in position for the future. Uh, and so I just love being able to educate people. Uh, you know, doing workshops, uh, educational seminars, things like that, and just just teaching people some things about uh, we like to call how money works. Uh, you know, we all use money every day, but we're not taught about it. You know, school teaches us about, you know, science and, and algebra and, you know, chemistry and all this stuff. And, and not that some of that stuff's not important, but the majority of us don't use that stuff daily. Um, but we, we, <laughs> we use money every day. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's important that we learn about these things and, and put ourselves in position, uh, you know, for the future, you know, all right, let, let me ask you this. It's uh, 8.06. Mm-hmm. We usually wrap this up about 8.20, 8.30, something like that. But if somebody really wanted the core, complete distillation, if could, could you somehow summarize what you would like people to know? I mean, we'll talk more. We'll talk more. But uh, in one sentence or maybe you know, two concise sentences, what, what do you think is really a huge takeaway? Or you know, You've worked with a lot of people in, in uh, eight years, I'm sure. Is there one really common mistake people make or one piece of advice that just resonates with people tremendously? Um, I mean, there's there's a couple, you know, depending. I, I think the biggest thing it comes down to is is discipline, uh, I think. And that's probably true in most areas of our life. But but just having the discipline to pay attention to to, to what's happening financially. Uh, it takes some time. It takes some effort. But but having that discipline and, and focus on it. Hmm. Well, that's certainly true in academics, you know, consist. I, I probably the way you're expressing discipline, I tend to use the word consistency. I think they one. overlap, right? They overlap yep. a little bit. Um, it, what are some of the techniques? I mean, you, you don't want to give away the shop here, right? I mean, but um, <laughs> t- t- like uh, you got a concept, pay yourself first. Right. Pay yourself first. What, what does that mean? How do people put that into action? Well, you know, basically what that means is to put money away for yourself first before you pay all your bills and everything like that. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean don't pay your bills. Um, But what that means is, you know, have a plan uh, to save money, you know, whether it be both short term and long term. You know, if you have a 401k or something like that, obviously that money comes out first out of your check before it hits you. Right. But if you maybe if you don't have a 401k, it's a little bit harder to do. You know, so having a kind of some type of program there. Uh, both hmm. for short-term savings and long-term savings, that that money is, you know, coming out, 
you know, at, at, at the beginning of the month, uh, you know, it's going into some other type of savings or investment plan for you, uh, you know, for the future, you know, so, so making that the most important priority. So let's focus on just college education for a second. Mm-hmm. You got 18 years to plan for it, basically. Mm-hmm. I'd even say 19, I guess, if you're planning on having a 20, maybe. Um, so this should not be in any other uh, circumstance something that creeps up on people. Right. It's not like, I don't know, like you, some, you know, a tree falls on your car and you got to go buy a new car and you don't have the money. Right. This is something that people can see. 18 year miles away if there is such a thing um so it is it it, and yet you got a lot of pushes and pulls right you got a mortgage you got this you got that um is there some advice uh you know just even if it's ten dollars a month or something is there an entry point that that makes sense that that would not stress people out when they should start thinking about this sort of planning I mean, it certainly depends on the the person and what they can maybe afford with their current, you know, income and budget and things like that. But yeah, I mean, you can start very small, Uh, you know, $10 a month is a little bit hard, but even that, if that's all you could start with, you could still start that way. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you might not be able to set up a, a, uh, you know, investment plan right with 10 bucks a month, but usually you can actually start some investment plans for college savings or other things for, you know, even as little as 25 or $50 a month. Um, or even that much, you know, a quarter, maybe do $50 a quarter if you can't afford $50 a month um, to start or something like that, you know. And so, you know, even something as little as that, you know, if you're doing that, like you said, for 18 or 19 years, that's going to make a big difference. You know, it's it's going to be a, a good chunk of change that you're able to put away. It is the uh, Who was it? Einstein or uh, Benjamin Franklin? The power of compounding, right? Einstein. Yeah. Power of Einstein. compound interest. Most powerful rule in the universe. There you go. Well, but but it is because $10 today might be 50 in 16 or 17 years or you know obviously the interest rates are going to uh the interest rates going to play into it by the way if you are out there in um uh, the whatever the cloud world and you want to ask chris a question or you want to make a comment just drop it in right below wherever you're watching uh you may have to uh they kind of give up this new rule here you may have to click a link to be able to do it i got to actually Frankly, and myself get a little more clear on that, but uh, I'd love to get your comments. We'll break every once in a while. Check it out. Appreciate the all hellos. Yes, hello, 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 hello. Thanks, everybody who's saying hi. Yes, welcome back. Thank you. Um, okay, so there's uh, you got like financial considerations, financial planning. You got the education piece. Uh, what are some of the other uh, situations? You got cost of waiting. What, what does that mean? High cost of waiting. Uh, yeah, I mean, the high cost of waiting, whether, you know, if you're talking about college savings, you know, it's a lot harder, you know, if you're trying to accumulate, let's just say, I don't know, $50,000 to help your kid with with college, uh, you know, it's, you're obviously going to have a the time on your side if you start, you know, when your child is young versus wait until they're 17. It's gonna be pretty hard to accumulate that kind of money that quickly, uh, obviously. Uh, and so the younger you you start, you know, the, the, the more effect it's going to have, you know, and so waiting costs a lot of money in the long run, you know, kind of the the compound interest that you just talked about, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it costs you a lot of money. And that's obviously the same for, you know, retirement planning and things like that uh, as well. That actually can have even a bigger effect. Um, and so the younger that you can start or the younger your child is, uh, that you can at least start, even if you're starting small, you know, something like you said, 10 bucks a month or something like that. I mean, that's still better than nothing. Uh, and it can make a big difference, you know, over the course of, you know, 18 or 19 years for sure. 
So you give up your uh, frattuccino mocha latte or <laughs> it, yeah, if if that's what you need to do, you know, I mean, it's different for everybody. You know, everybody has, you know, different, different uh, lifestyles, different things like that. But yeah, sometimes it does take a little bit of sacrifice, giving mm-hmm. up some of those luxuries, you know, that, that we sometimes enjoy um, if it's important to us, you know, so we kind of have to weigh what's most important. Uh, sometimes and decide, you know, if sending our kid to college is more important maybe than the, you know, the daily uh, Frappuccino. Uh, I do know, I, I, I could, I could, let, let me ask you it this way. Um, it, it isn't the only thing people are going to be saving for, right? I mean, you got the big, you know, you got at least a couple, you got a house, I guess for a lot of people, mm-hmm. that's a, a big expense. Yeah. You've got a, a retirement, which may be even mm-hmm. a bigger expense. You got education, especially if you have multiple children. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to have a balance point. I guess you can co-mingle them to some degree. Uh, can you can you cite a case study or something? Maybe a family you've worked with, or you know, obviously we don't want names, but you know, a family you've worked with who you know may have been a good example of, of a plan that you were able to suggest to them and put them on. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it is, you know, like you said, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things that we have to spend money on, we have to prepare for the future. So a lot of times it's hard to know, you know, which one do I focus on? You know, do I focus on college? Do I focus on retirement? Um, you know, and, and it's, a, it's really different for everybody, to be honest with you. But for most people, it's going to be kind of finding that balance, you know, as you said, Steve, you know, putting that money away, both for yourself, uh, as well as for your children, um, and kind of being able to find that middle ground where you can, you know, both help your child out a bit, um, but also not put yourself in a spot where, you know, it's too late for you to catch up, um, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, I've seen happen many times. And, and sometimes people choose to do that. I think you actually mentioned to me before about, a, you know, someone you knew that did that. They, yeah. you know, yeah, chose true. to, you know, throw all their money at, at college and, you know, that left them, you know, not having much for retirement. It's a personal mm-hmm. choice, you know. Um, but but generally, I find that kind of having that balance uh, in between is is often the best way to do it, uh, where you're kind of putting some towards both. We got a question from the uh uh, the peanut gallery here. So uh, mm-hmm. let's see if Chris can address this. If a parent has limited resources, which is relative, but limited is limited, are they better off putting the money in a retirement account or an account to fund education from the point of view of getting financial aid? Okay. Now th- th- that's the key thing, right? Financial mm-hmm. aid is based on the way that colleges or banks or whoever can look at the money. So w- what's your, what's your counsel here? Yeah. So when it comes to that, I mean, you know, the financial aid thing is is a little bit of a tricky situation because they are looking at your um, assets that you have, um, but they're not looking at retirement assets when it comes to financial aid. Uh, Hmm. So to, you know, so basically they're looking at the liquid assets of a parent, but they're also looking at the assets of a child. Uh, And so Hmm. the 529, if you set up like a, for example, 529 plan actually counts as the parents of the uh, asset of the parents. Um, whereas if you had money just in like a savings account in the child's name, then that actually counts as an asset of the child, uh, which actually counts even more against you for financial aid. So mm. sorry for the runaround, but basically um, to to get more access to financial aid, uh, you might be better off putting it into a retirement account. Uh, if you did a Roth IRA, uh, you could actually you know potentially tap into that money to use for college. Uh, gotcha. If need be, and then the financial aid wouldn't, you know, be affected. You still get a nice, you know, financial aid package, 
because they don't really know that that money's there. They're not looking at the retirement assets for that. So basically shield children's assets, your own assets, and stock into retirement, right? So here's right. a follow-up yeah. question, I think. I, it may be from the same person, but a great question again. So point of view gate is a parent better off buying a more expensive house and minimize college savings, buy a less expensive house and get more savings. Hmm, interesting. We got a very intelligent yeah. audience. Ex excellent. <laughs> excellent question. Keep them coming. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's a fair question because there's only so much uh, meat in the stew, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and most people, at least I'm not a millionaire, you know, independently wealthy. Chris, Chris, you may be. But, <laughs> not quite. Um, not quite. Yeah, someday. But, uh, but the point is we have limited assets. Allocation is right. important. Budget's important. Uh, but wh wh what do you think about this? Is is there an answer? Invest in uh, the property, minimize your college. Is, it, does, is this a financial aid issue? Is a financial aid officer uh, looking at if you've got a $500,000 house, a $200,000 house, or a $4 million house? Is that an issue? They're, they're not necessarily looking at the what your house is worth, um, you know, in that case, uh, from my understanding. But, but, Obviously, a less expensive house would allow you to put more money away. Um, mm -hmm. Ideally, you know, I, I think it just I guess it depends on what your needs are. And, and if you were to be in a certain area or something like that, you know, obviously certain school districts cost more and, and, and whatnot. Um, but I mean, in my world, in a perfect world, I'd say buy the less expensive house and save, you know, the money and, and maybe put it into that, you know, Roth IRA or something like that to shield it. Uh, a little bit from the financial aid perspective, um, just because it gives you more money. I'm just, I'm of the belief, exactly. right. I'm of the belief that, you know, you don't want to be house poor. You don't want to be spending, you know, mm -hmm. a, a huge chunk of your monthly income on housing expenses. That's just, you know, that's just my personal belief, but obviously everybody has different, you know, ideas and, you know, some people would rather the nice house. Uh, so it's just, you know, it is a personal preference uh, mm -hmm. for sure. But I would say, you know, getting the less expensive house, uh, is probably a little bit better just for your overall financial stability. Right. I mean, we're focusing on education. That's that's my spot. But right. you can't. I, this is not happening in any sort of vacuum. I'll tell you a quick story about uh, compound interest. Give Chris a little chance to rest. Uh, I went to Franklin Marshall College, right, in Lancaster, beautiful Lancaster, historic Lancaster, and I was what was called a uh, Marshall Scholar which doesn't, didn't mean I was smart. <laughs> it was basically a scholarship. And it was funded. Let me tell you, it was funded. Benjamin Franklin, in his will, 1826, he died, I think, gave $10,000 to the school. <clears throat> and there was a stipulation that they could not do anything with that money for 100 years. Hmm. And they had to invest it. Well, in that 100 years, it grew to, and this is, like, you learn this when you go to school. I, I think, like, $42 million, like an outrageous uh, amount of money compared to what they started with. And because they just reinvested, reinvested, compounded, compounded. And then they took that money and it kept growing. I think it was over 2 million by the time I got there in the eighties. And um, that was used to fund scholarships for students. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you, Benjamin. Uh, Franklin. <laughs> I don't know his middle name. Anybody know Benjamin Franklin's middle name. I'm not sure. Somebody put, somebody Google <laughs> that and put it in the chat. Um, uh, Chris Crail on Education Live Thursday. I appreciate everybody out there listening and, and asking these fabulous questions. We are every Thursday night. Um, next week, I have an expert in autism, autism and uh, people on that spectrum, education, special needs, things like that. So 
just a little plug for next week. Uh, Chris, somebody's got a question. How could they reach out, get a hold of you, uh, maybe set up a consultation or something? And uh, do you have any workshops you're doing in the near future? <laughs> uh, I do. Uh, not Incredible. for a little while. I do. Uh, not for a little while. Let me just pull up those dates real quick. Um, there's one in March and one in April that I'm doing. Let me. I'm going to do like a Karnak here. <laughs> March 11th. <laughs> I think you might actually be right April on that one. Eighth. That's my anniversary. April yeah. 8th. My anniversary. You're having a workshop. Yes. March 11th and April 8th. What are you doing? Yes. Tell I'm doing a workshop. Uh, March 11th. I have a, it's called how money works okay. uh, workshop, which just kind of teaches just some concepts about debt and savings and budgeting and retirement. Uh, and then I'm also doing a, uh, on April 8th, it is a uh, how to plan ahead for retirement workshop as well. And those are both through um, Upper Marion Parks and Rec. Um, if anybody reaches hmm. out to me, I can get you the, the links for all that. Um, I don't have it yet. They haven't created the links yet or anything, but those are both be virtual uh, and they will be, um, you know, they'll be a good, they'll be very, very informational, very educational. Uh, and let's say, let's say somebody just wanted to reach out. Uh, I mean, we can put this in the chat and stuff, but um, mm -hmm. somebody want to reach out, maybe just have a consultation. I'm not sure exactly what you would call it, a sit down. Mm -hmm. uh, how would they, how would they reach you? Yeah, I mean, the best way is phone or email. I don't know if you want me to give that now or, or share it at the end. But, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, phone number is 215-359-7369. Uh, okay. And the email email is uh, my name, Chris Crail 62 at gmail.com. Hmm. Well, I'd, I'd encourage, and there, there's no obligation, right? No, I mean, it's, certainly, it's, yeah. you know, sit down, check it out. Um. Where do you see this year going? It's been a crazy last couple of years, right? I mean, last nine months. Uh, from a financial standpoint, uh, stock market's almost at an all-time high. Maybe even was an all-time high. It right is, now. yeah. All-time yeah, all high again today. Yep. Ever, right? And uh, yep. precipitous thing, considering we've got a financial expert on. Um, it can be, you know, we've got an inauguration coming up under some funky circumstances. Um uh, it's going to be a good year financially, up, down, unstable. I mean, you got, you want to, I don't know, nobody got a crystal ball, but I'm, I'm <laughs> no, kind of curious what you're saying myself. Yes. I mean, I wish we had a crystal ball uh, for sure, but you know, it's obviously there, there, unfortunately there's no way of knowing for sure. Um, but most market experts from, from what I've heard is that, you know, it'll be a, a, um, a positive year for the stock market, but, but a, you know, low end positive, less than 10%, somewhere between, you know, five and 10% is what, you know, a lot of experts are saying, sort of obviously a growth, a growth as opposed to sort of a speculative year. Right. That's, you know, and, and I think, you know, you'll, you'll see some, some, some fluctuations, but, you know, unfortunately there's, there's no way of knowing. I think if, you know, you told everyone there was going to be a pandemic, I don't think anybody would have thought the market would have been up last year, but yet yeah. it was. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's, people forget what well, was in May, it dropped like 12,000 points down. or something. Well, yeah, April or May, everybody's panicking and, yeah, it dropped thirty percent in just a couple of weeks, and then it, you know, roared back and ended up being up big. So, uh, you know, it's tough to know. the The big key is, you know, to to look at the long term. You know, if you're investing for college or if you're investing for retirement, you know, really what it does in the next six months is relatively unimportant. You know, unless you're right at the end of that, you know, college savings or, or retirement period. Uh, you know, it, you know, it, the short term fluctuations are 
you know, not that big of a deal as long as you you have your money in the right places. And that's the biggest key is just making sure your money's in the right places, diversified and, and whatnot. Which is your job. Exactly. Exactly. That's where we come in and, and, and I can you know help somebody figure out what's right for them. You know, what's right for me isn't the same as what's right for you, Steve. What's right for someone else, uh, you know, really has depends on a lot of factors. Uh, and that's really where, you know, coming in and, and, and giving somebody a, a personalized approach is very important. Uh, so we can kind of meet them where they are, you know, because everybody's let me different. You, let me ask you one question and then we're going to kind of wrap this up in a sec. Would anything you um, are espousing and put out there tonight be different if somebody had, let's say, three or four kids versus one or two? Or would it just scale it up the need? Uh, I mean, it really just scales up the need, you know, realistically, the, the you know, the approach isn't that different uh, necessarily. Um, I mean, there could be a difference depending. I mean, if you're going to have, you know, a couple kids in school at the same time in college at the same time, you know, your your financial aid is looking a lot better. You know, if you're going to have kids, whereas if your kids are all four years apart, you know, and they're all going to be in school separately, you know, your chances of aid are a lot smaller at that point. So. Um, you know, there are some factors at play there, but in general, two years apart. (laughs) Right. Right. So, well, you had the, but you you didn't have a little bit of overlap there, uh, you know, with that, but you know, in general, no, it really, it just scales the numbers differently. Um, but it really doesn't change the approach, you know, too much. The only thing I just recommend, you know, you don't want to put one kid through school and not the other one, you know, it's, uh, (laughs) you want to make it fair. So, uh, that's what I would generally recommend. Listen, not only we getting sagacious financial advice from Chris Crail. We're getting parenting advice too <laughs> from a guy who's got no kids, but, but it's okay. He gets it because he's, I was a kid. I was a kid. Right? I probably had a brother that got everything and you got nothing or whatever. <laughs> um, he's hurting. This guy's hurting. Hey, newsflash. According to Google, Benjamin Franklin did not have a middle name. Can you All believe right. it? Thank you, Ron Shapiro. Ron Shapiro. Great guy. Um, thank you, Ron. I, I, I can't, I can't believe that everybody had a middle name in colonial times. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm going to say I'm going to, I'm going to claim his middle name was Stephen or Christopher. <laughs> Benjamin Christopher. We'll go with, we'll go with Stephen. Benjamin Stephen. It sounds very English, you know. Um, uh, we got one more question from Ron Shapiro here. Ready? Can you handle this, Chris? Or are you, are you done? You got any energy left? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Do you have recommendations whether or not one should or go to graduate school or not? And maybe that might change the uh, graduate school is even more expensive than college. Newsflash, right. parents. Um, is it just more, just more to plan for? Grad, med school, professional school, law school, business school, whatever. Just more of the same. I mean, certainly the cost is there. I mean, that's you know, from from most people I've talked to before. Uh, you know, they, they, that do pay for their child to go to college. They say, Hey, grad school is on you. You know, if you want to do that, uh, that's what I found that most parents do, you know, they'll pay for the undergrad, but you know, grad school is on them. Um, as far as actually going, you know, whether going or not, I mean, that's, you know, really, I think it depends on what you're studying, you know, Mm -hmm. certain, certain, you know, professions, you kind of have to go to grad school. You know, if you're going to be a, you know, lawyer, doctor, you know, even certain other, you know, professions, you kind of need to, um, you know, but I think that, uh, you know, I'm personally, you know, I, I would say if you can avoid it, you know, do, you know, because it's a big cost. But uh, I understand that certainly many professions have, you might need you to. This is a little bit, I won't say it's a little bit off script, but we can do that here. We can do whatever we want at Education Live Thursday. Um, would you have any counsel? I'm not sure how many of, 
of these are out there. But th- th- one of the things that's sitting out there as a big elephant in the room in the world is the sheer number of people that have a huge uh, education student loan debt. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got 24 year olds coming out of college owing 300 grand or whatever. I mean, a lot of cash, like, like mm-hmm. a, a house, like a mortgage was. Any advice for them? Is, is it just just get disciplined, get consistent? Um, is it go beyond that? It, it, it's, you know, it does depend on the situation. You know, it depends on what the earning potential is that you have, you know, mm-hmm. if that's something that could be paid off, you know, in a relatively short manner. Um, the biggest key is, you know, being able to, you know, come up with, you know, some type of plan more than anything on, you know, how to pay it off. Cause it's, it's a challenge. You know, I have clients, I have a few clients like that, you know, coming out with, 200 to $300,000. And it's, it's a, it's really hard because, you, you know, you imagine it's tough to go buy a house, mm-hmm. even if you have great income and you have that kind of debt, you know, it's really challenging to go buy a house, uh, you know, or something like that. So, you know, it, it really does depend on what the, the, the income coming in is and what someone could feasibly do. Um, but certainly looking at, you know, I would definitely recommend refinancing some of that debt or consolidating it uh, and, and finding, you know, maybe better rates of interest and, and maybe coming up with a payment plan that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for that, for that person, you know, some people can afford to pay a little bit more uh, than others. The other thing is looking into some of the, um, you know, the forgiveness plans out there, you know, depending on what line of work you're in, if you can qualify for some of those different forgiveness plans, they're still working out the kinks in all of those, but there are some, some, some pretty interesting forgiveness plans out there uh, that might be worth looking into as well. Hmm. Chris, got anything you want to say kind of in summary, you know, just any, uh, I mean, we've covered a lot. I think your advice has been excellent. I would encourage people to reach out. You can throw your number out there again, if you want. But any, any, uh, you want to kind of, kind of, kind of wrap it up here. It's eight thirty here on the East Coast, and uh, it's usually when we wrap it up here. And uh, but uh, yeah, it, just you know, bring it all together here. You, somebody is wanting basic counsel. What are you telling them? Yeah. Well, you know, thank you for for having me, Steve, and thanks for everyone, uh, you know, listening in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, at the end of the day, it's important to plan. You know, whether you're talking about college savings or retirement or you know, money for a house or paying off debt, you know, having a plan in place is the most important. Uh, and that's really where, you know, a professional can come in and really help you customize a plan for you uh, that's going to work for you and can maybe work out, you know, some of those numbers that, you know, you might, you know, have trouble working out on your own. Uh, you know, it really helps to have a second pair of eyes, you know, on this stuff, someone who's looking at this stuff every day, I always use the example of, you know, I mean, some people can, you know, kind of handle all their finances on their own, you know, and, and whatnot, but a relatively small percentage. It's kind of like uh, a plumber, you know, some people can do their own plumbing. I'm not one of those people. I would never try to do my own plumbing. No, exactly. Right. And so, you know, I, I kind of look at it like that, you know, when it comes to your finances, there are some people that maybe can, can do all that on their own, but most of us should really go seek that help. Just like most of us would go seek the help of a plumber or an electrician or, or you know, a, a contractor. Uh, you know, it's the same type of thing, you know, uh, you know, we, you know, do what we do because we know it's important. And, uh, you know, and I'm just here to, to, to really just offer some people advice, uh, and see how I can, how I can bring value, how I can benefit somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just, you know, nothing more than a, you know, quick conversation, you know, see where you are, you know, and that's what I do. I meet people where they are, uh, no matter what, whether you got, you know, $5 to your name or 5 million, 
it really doesn't make a difference. You know, your money's your money. It's important to you and you need to make sure you can, uh, you know, prepare for the future. And, and that's really where I can help. Well, well put, Chris. Super important topic. Um, you know, big issue nationally, internationally and, and hits home. Good to plan. I think we use the word planning a lot. Uh, think ahead. Might as well talk to a professional, get some counsel, see where that helps you. So Steve Green here. Education Live Thursday, the first one of 2021 of around 48. I was kind of doing a little math here on my uh, notes. Uh, a few weeks I got to take off here and there, but there's about 45 of these a year. And uh, my goal is to bring actionable things, things that you as a parent trying to help your kids with school or maybe even the kids listening in can take and just work, run with right away. Maybe you can pick up the phone tonight, tomorrow, call Chris, have a meeting. Get a system going. Get yourself in place if you aren't already. And or if you are, evaluate it. Make sure you're on the right track. Every once in a while, you know, you got to make sure the ship's pointed at the harbor. Uh, next week, as I mentioned, I got an expert on education with for children with special needs. Um, I was fortunate to be on her podcast. It was really a really uh, I think excellent conversation. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was on a panel with it, it was great. So I, I think you're really gonna want to tune in for that. More on that during the week. And I've got a couple new things rolling out. I'm going to get a lot more uh, consistent with my live streams during the day. I know everybody missed them. So uh, that is all I got for today. Chris, check out his workshops in March 11th and April 8th. Virtual. So anybody can come to him, right? Basically. Yep. yep. Registration links or something? or Yeah. If somebody just out. shoots me an email, I can get them the registration link. Okay. Let's say everybody out there, put a big hand for Chris. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. All right, guys. I will see everybody next week. And uh, we appreciate it. Education Life Thursday, Dr. Stephen Green, Chris Crail, financial advisor. uh, And we will sign off right now. Thanks again, everybody. See you next time. Thanks. You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.